Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So last week's message was on Mother's Day and how Jesus connected with his mom. And this week's message is continuing our purpose series on connecting to that, connecting them to his master plan. So I'm going to introduce my parents, Pastor Mary and RJ, and then Pastor Larry as well. <laughs> my bad. Oh my Scared God. me there for a second. <laughs> Good. Have I just adopted a new daughter? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's awesome, Abigail. <laughs> Is that my mic? That's hot. No? Okay. Perhaps it's mine. No, I think it's I think it's mine. Mine's not even on. Good morning, good morning. Is yours need to be on? Hello. 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 There we go. You on too? Okay. Okay, yes, it should be. Am I on? Okay. Okay. We got it, I think. Hey, how's everyone doing today? So, um, as we're getting started today, <clears throat> first thing I wanted to do was offer condolences to all the Leaf fans on another first-round exit. Um, eight, eight months ago, we uh, did a sermon on Never Give Up Hope. I, I recommend you go back there and watch it. It's on YouTube. And uh, hey, there's always next year, right? And then uh, Mike said that maybe we should have a um, Leaf paraphernalia burning ceremony later tonight. <laughs> yeah, we got to do that too, Mike, I know. So if I may, changing the topic. Yeah, absolutely. Save me <laughs> before they rush the stage. Yes. I got a question for you, Pastor RJ. Sure. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? We talked about this earlier. I knew he was going to ask me that, but I want to change the script. What I learned from Jesus was he always answered a question with a question. Oh. <laughs> so, Pastor Larry, when you answer this, I will answer your question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> so, completely unrelated. So, I'm going to reverse it back with a question. Okay. <laughs> Did Adam and Eve, were they created with belly buttons? Isn't that what you just asked me? I can answer that. Because I think he made them without belly buttons. But there's some people that think that he did. I think he did. So, is it important? Well, <clears throat> so the point of this little exercise this morning, Pastor RJ. Yes, I forgot about that. This Wednesday in the youth center. Yes. Is come and ask your pastors a question. Yeah, we know. It's very dangerous. It is very dangerous. It's very risky. But, you know, come and do your best (laughs) and see if you can actually stump us. Oh, that won't be hard. (laughs) But anyway, so, but I'm going to give you a challenge, though. May the questions be focused on our church vision, values, and purposes, or designed to lead as we've gone through... um, Culture redefined, continuing the conversation, and so on. 
That's that fair. So come oh, on. No chicken and eggs questions. No belly button questions. <laughs> Didn't God make everything mature? Sorry? He made everything mature. Yep. So we're leaning towards he made the chicken. Okay, back to the message. <laughs> we're just putting okay. a plug in for Wednesday. It'll be fine. I want to see you all I'd there. Love to see you there. <laughs> Notice how wisely she's choosing to stay out of that one. <laughs> I find it interesting they put her in the middle. <laughs> uh, put my best foot forward, right? Okay, we're working through our purpose series, and we're learning why... Um, learning about why the church equips people for everyday discipleship. And we did a whole lesson on equipping the body for everyday discipleship, and then we had some conversations about leading the generations to Christ. Today, uh, we want to talk about uh, connecting to God's master plan for your life, and I'm joined here with my beloved wife and friend, pastors, Larry and Mary. Um, And just to qualify, uh, this one's my wife, and that one's our daughter. Um, But we want to communicate today a little bit more about um, the motivation for why we do what we do as a church. And I think as Christians, it's important that we understand that our life as a Christ follower should be greatly linked to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Okay, the words of Jesus. Jesus instructed his followers to go and make disciples. So that's something that we as Christians have to do. It's not something that we get a real option on. And then he also instructed his followers to love God and to love people. And today's conversation will focus on connecting to God's master plan, but within that there's this identity piece where we believe that your relationship with God will help you understand your identity so that you can answer some of those questions like, who are you or who am I? You know, why am I here? Where am I going? What am I doing? What's my purpose? Has anyone ever asked those questions? Some people are still trying to figure it out. Uh, It's a journey. And it morphs. Just when you think you get an answer, it changes. But... In Christ, we learn that we're his ambassador here on earth, that we represent his kingdom. You are a child of God. Your purpose is to make disciples, right? Our destination is heaven. We do life together, which develops our love walk, which is loving people. So foundationally, I just want to kind of make that link as we go into connecting to God's master plan, but it starts with and begins with abiding in Christ. So, okay, so Pastor RJ had just briefly touched on, so identity, maturity, and mission. How many of you know that I say all the time, God does everything through? Relationship. So, identity, maturity, and mission, none of those things can be accomplished without relationships. And firstly, the great commandment and the great commission cannot be accomplished without relationships. It's all about relationships. And God works in and through relationships to accomplish his purpose. Um, So those things all happen through our relationships. So I want to read a scripture, and it is in John 15, and I'm going to start in verse 2. And we've been reading this scripture, actually it's come up a lot lately in our messages. And there's just, 
not enough time to get through all the revelation and the, and the wisdom that uh, Jesus is showing us here. But part of it um, that I wanted to bring out today is talking, talking about maturity and the maturity that happens because you're in relationship. Um, the relationship first with God and then relationship with others. So I'm going to start in verse two. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, I'm reading out of the Amplified, by the way. Um, He, it says, repeatedly. Everybody say, repeatedly. Repeatedly. Very key. (laughs) Repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit. Now, the key here is um, you're going to go back to repeatedly. So repeatedly, in the next bracket, it says even richer and finer fruit. The richer, finer fruit only happens with the repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And repeatedly. Yay. And repeatedly. Yay. And more repeatedly. Until Jesus comes home. Yeah. It will be repeatedly. And that happens, that maturity aspect, we like to call it, you know, the, the Christian term that we use is the process of sanctification, um, becoming more and more like Christ. So I'm going to continue reading. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, and the teachings which I have discussed with you remain in you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, in brackets it says, produce evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. So in a little further, further down in the scripture, you know, we've said this and we've really emphasized this before, that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. So it's important that we as Christians, understand and recognize that who is Jesus continually, repeatedly pruning um, the, the, the tree? Who is he repeatedly doing that to? Is it the people in the world or is it his kids? Okay, so it says, and how is he doing that? Because you are remaining in him, abiding in him, staying connected to him, is the only way that he repeatedly, continually is pruning and shaping new fruit, uh, more fruit, and like the word of God says, even finer, richer fruit as you remain in him. And so that fruit only comes forth when you're remaining in him. So if you are away from him, you're not going to get the richer the finer fruit that is necessary for the process of sanctification in your life, for the process of maturity. And maturity, you know, that process that happens in relationships with each other as believers, that iron, sharpening iron, those relationships and the company that you keep, that you're walking with each other shoulder to shoulder, you're walking together, you're with Jesus and all of you together, and that that continual, that, iron sharpening iron, you're challenging each other, you're, you're sharing with one another, you're doing life with each other, you're encouraging each other, and you're challenging each other and reminding each other 
when, especially you're going through seasons of pruning repeatedly, that God's in control. He knows what he's doing. He's the vine dresser. He's the one who is the one who's molding and shaping the identity that you need to have, which is unique, beautiful, and wonderful, and for the purpose that he's called you and made you to be. So, I'm going to... I want to come back to the phrase, connect them to his master plan. Connect being to become joined or to place or establish in relationship. Coming back to what Pastor Mary was talking about, we can't do anything outside of relationship. And then his master plan, which Pastor RJ alluded to earlier, is redeeming people for himself from all peoples, right? And so we're going to expand on that a little bit later as well. But there's a problem. Often... Just, just one problem. There's problems, <laughs> if you want to be specific. Repeated? Repeated Pastor, problems? Yeah, repeated problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly <laughs> problems. And now I'm having a repeated problem of being interrupted. <laughs> iron sharpens iron, That's, Pastor Larry. I know it does. And I love you both. <laughs> Do you know... In the process of growing a church, we, saw, we often have this focus that's self-focused, um, where um, when churches focus on growth as an end in itself, they become obsessed about numbers and focus on status. This leads to comparison with other churches and other leaders. Another problem, the pandemic that we just went through has compounded an existing problem of wanting to do it myself. I can do it myself. I don't need anyone's help. And I've often heard, I don't need anybody. All I need is God. Have you ever heard that one? All I need is Jesus. Yeah. Um, another one. It is easier to just watch services and messages in the comfort of my own house. That way I can pick and choose, you know, what I want to watch and what I need for the moment. Tolerance to sin cycles has caused individuals to prefer isolation as opposed to connection. I, I want to repeat that. Tolerance to sin cycles has caused individuals to prefer isolation as opposed to connection. And lastly, and I mean, there's many more. Don't, the, this isn't an exclusive, or, you know, there's many more. Corporate prayer is no longer a matter of importance. I can pray alone in my closet. I don't want to bother anyone with my problems. You know, when we come into the role of Christianity or being a Christian, we often think of our role or function as a believer, um, often our initial thoughts, they focus on, on me. What can the church do for me? When I'm in the process of looking for a church, I wanna find a church that can meet my needs, right? How can this, re or, or in relationships with people, what does this individual have that can benefit me? you know, in the formation of relationships with other people. 
This concept is incredibly anti-biblical, but this is the reality. Our children are impressed with these concepts right in school, self-focused. You know, I loved what, uh, I think it was Megan who, uh, you know, Megan and Susan, a couple weeks back, they were preaching, um, and Pastor RJ was filling in a little bit. Um, (laughs) But I loved what, you know, when she referenced Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, where it says, if you think you're too important to help someone, relationship, you're only fooling yourself. Get over yourself. You're not that important. Amen. Right? We need to understand your life is not about you. Your life is about a relationship first with your father, your heavenly father, and then with others. That is the purpose of your life. When we start bringing it in, but my needs aren't being met, the devil has a foothold in your life. Pastor Larry, before you transition to the next part, I just want to throw an illustration in. That just yep. So when we're looking at some of these things here, um, our focus, our emphasis, whether it's numbers, whether it's I can do it myself, I don't need others, whether I want to do it in comfort, cares of the world, um, I, I can do it, you know, I can pray by myself, why do I need to go pray with others? I can worship by myself, why do I need to? Um, in my backyard... I have these um, demon plants. So I, I, I live kind of on the, the backyard is the rough of a golf course. And there's these reeds and they're, they're imported. But the reeds have these crazy roots that will travel underground up to 20 feet or more. And they're Roots are actually deeper, longer, wider, stronger than what you see above the ground. And these reeds take over. Like, you know, you might see one, and then the next year there's like 200 of them. And they all show up together, and they're there to take over, you know. And, and, and I was even thinking about that a little bit further, but isn't that, it's more important that you have a good root system, a good connection to Christ, than it is that you have lots of branches. Because if you have a good root system, you're gonna withstand the, the storms of life. And my wife and I were, um, we were walking together in the cemetery the other day. We do that sometimes. Um, there's a reason we were there. But um, we saw the perfect tree. Uh, we even commented to each other about, wow, that's the perfect, I mean, it's one of those trees that people paint in paintings, and you think, wow, that's just a beautiful tree. But when I was thinking about it, that tree's root system underground is as big as it was above ground, and it was a massive tree. Yeah. And, and I think what happens is we want to see the growth here before we see the growth here where it's more important. Yep. And in a church... In your life, in your family, in your ministry, it's really important that you establish a good root structure connecting it to Christ, connecting it to the Word of God, connecting it to His direction and guidance for us. And then from there, everything else will start to grow as it's supposed to. Sorry, go ahead back. Our life is not about, your life is not about you. It's about God's kingdom purpose 
of redeeming our communities for himself from all peoples. Mm-hmm. We gotta get that as a conviction in our hearts. Our purpose here on earth, it doesn't matter if you are a minister of the gospel as a paid position, or if you're a worker in Chrysler or a nurse in the hospital or wherever you are planted, if you're a student, it doesn't matter. Wherever God places us, our purpose in life is to redeem our area of influence for God from all peoples. If we have a hard time, actually, before I get there, the local church is portrayed in scripture as the household of God, okay? Brothers, sisters, all under the care of God the Father. Co-heirs, so that means not alone, but together with Jesus Christ in his inheritance, joining him in the family business of redeeming the lost. How many of you truly understand the whole concept of adoption? Like we are adopted into his family. You know, I I think we intellectually, we understand it, but experientially, do we walk through in that? Because there's so much that we can expand just on that point alone. I mean, we have uh, a son that we've adopted from Bolivia, and he has all rights and authority as our child, as our natural birth children do. So for some reason, if, you know, Colleen and I should pass away, our children equally with our adopted son will receive the same inheritance that our other children. Mm-hmm. Potentially same debt too. So. <laughs> but anyways. Um, but the debt's already been paid. But the debt's been paid. <laughs> Thank Jesus for that. So Romans 8, verses 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Abba, I love that part. Daddy. For his Spirit joins our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. You know, there is a... Say that last part again. We must also share (laughs) his suffering. It's a good way to build the church. Repeatedly. 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 And repeatedly. One of the songs we sang earlier, this one line, it just my mind just gravitated to it. You've got a lion inside of those lungs, so get up and praise the Lord. You know, you know the thing about the lion is, is um, I, I, I immediately get this image from the, the um, Chronicles of Narnia video series where the lion stands up and just roars. And the enemy backs up. Do you know you've got a line inside of your lungs? Amen. Here's the reality. Each and every one of us struggle in life. Like, is there anybody here today who's not going through some kind of a struggle? Anyone? I don't, 
who's currently going through a struggle. Going through. Right, going through. You know, I don't see any hands. But you know what? Some people, when they go through struggles, they try and do it alone. Will you bear fruit that way, Pastor Larry? No. Why is that? Because we are made and created for relationship. We're created for community. And you know, here. Did you say that you're cutting your own self off from the vine? You are. You are. Yep. But then again, from the other perspective, as individuals, if you see somebody struggling, are you participating and walking with them in their struggle? You know, I, we didn't put this one in the queue, and, and I don't know how quick you are up there to find it. Jude, there's not too many chapters, but uh, Jude, um, <laughs> verse 22. <laughs> you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Why? Because they're in your family. Right. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Right. Why? Because they're your family. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Amen. That's good. Right? We do this in community. Because in community, we are stronger than alone. So you guys have to understand something. And gals, I guess, ladies. Has anyone ever had a bad day? Okay, some of you are like, yeah, I had a bad month, a bad week, a bad year. <laughs> but have you ever had a bad day at work? Oh, yeah. Let's be real. Have you ever had a bad day and then had to come and preach? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't sure. that fun? How do you do that? His grace is sufficient for all of us. We're all in this process together. We all have to work out our salvation day by day. We're all in the process. And God is repeatedly working in our lives, just like he's repeatedly working in your lives. Go ahead. So the next passage I want to talk about is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, this will continue. This will continue. What will continue? If you look back... Starting at verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, those five, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So what will continue? The equipping will continue. Mm -hmm. The equipping, the teaching, the 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 leaders, the evangelists, pastors, prophets, pastors, teachers will continue to equip the saints, the church. Equip them so that WCF, you have now been equipped. Go and be the church. That's right. Amen. Right? So this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith so listen, we're not going to come into unity and start until we start activating. It just won't happen. But that's what Abigail was talking about with the Wednesday nights. It's an activation night. It's a night on Wednesday where you come and you start activating the yeah. gifts that God has deposited within Absolutely. you. Absolutely. 
And, and the emphasis and the focus is activation and training. You, yeah. you get to activate the gifts that God has given us within a safe place. So this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son, which brings us to that whole topic of identity, that we will be mature in the Lord, the maturing process, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And when we have our identity, when we walk into the process of maturity, we walk into mission. Mm-hmm. Yep. We walk into mission. This is our purpose. This is, this is what connection is all about. We are all brothers. We're all sisters, lost and redeemed alike. It is our responsibility to redeem, to bring back the lost, back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Pastor Larry, can I ask you a question? You were talking about mission. Yeah. Is the mission to just get more stuff? (laughs) Is the mission to be successful? No. Make more money? (sighs) That mission. You know. The pursuit of happiness. Mission and worship come together. Mm -hmm. Romans 12 Verse one, <laughs> something like that. Is it gonna... I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you and let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Why? Because this is truly the way to worship him. The offering of your bodies as a living sacrifice is all about dying to self and living on mission. It's not just coming to church and singing worship songs. Worship songs do lead us into worship, but our every action is an act of worship when done as an act of sacrifice for God's kingdom purpose of redeeming the lost for him. And the word encourages us to to seek first the kingdom of God God. and his righteousness. Yes, and his righteousness. Yeah. Not our own righteousness, but his righteousness and all these things get added unto us. And the word also admonishes us that if you want to find your life, you need to give it up. You know, this brings into the reality of global unity. Like, is global unity possible? Under Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? John 3, 16, the most quoted verse in all of scripture. For God so loved the world. Right? Right? How many of you have a global perspective? Jesus did. He died for it. He died not just for WCF. He didn't die just for Windsor. He died for the world. Like, Like, I've had conversation with people about about thinking beyond, knowing beyond. Like, why do you care so much about what happens way over there? You're not even there. Because Jesus does. How do we love the world when we are so insignificant in perspective of the world? By reaching one who in turn will reach one. Amen. And so it grows. 
We can have global significance by just reaching one. So we, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> sorry. One more time. I cut too much grass yesterday. <laughs> so we had this expression all through school. It was um, think globally, act locally. And, and you start where you're at. And as you're serving where you're at, then God expands your horizons. But we think with a global perspective. And your connection to a local body of believers is vital. And I want to talk for a few minutes with all of you about the connection, um, multiple levels of connection that are available. And also, it's, it's, usually it's directly linked to your level of commitment to Christ, how well you're connected to his body. And, and you know, you... That expression, all I need is Jesus. Well, you can't have the head of the church without the body of the church. That's right. Okay, it would be really creepy if someone was walking around with a head. And no body. Yeah, no, it would be. So you can't do Christianity in isolations. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. There is this unity that comes through the diversity of the gifts and the diversity of talents that God has emplaced but everything revolves around the one and others that the scriptures have. Now, we're going to try something new today. We're going to start preaching on the one and others now? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's 59 one and others that we identified, and we don't have time to go through those in the next 11 minutes. So what we've done for you, if you send an email, can everyone say email? Email. Okay. Not a text, an email to churchnotes at wcf.ca. The autoresponder will send you the 59 one another's. Okay, so churchnotes at wcf.ca. Lowercase. Yeah, all, lowercase. All, all email is though, right? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so churchnotes at wcf.ca. Now, what I need you to understand is this is not a monitored account. So if you send us like prayer requests and Hey, Pastor RJ, that was great. Can you do this? Or can we, don't ask, it's just an autoresponder. Does everyone understand that? Yeah. So no one's going to answer you except for they're going to send you the notes back if you email that. For a few days, and then it's cut off. Yeah, it'll be about a week, I think. Okay. And, then we'll, and then we'll stop. So I want to start breaking down some of the connection points here in the church for a few minutes. Um, I think especially if you're a little bit newer or if you were here before and you've come back recently or maybe you're just lost in the translation or lost in the shuffle. Or maybe you've been around for a long time but you've never really connected anywhere. Um, our first thing that we like to present to everyone is called All Things WCF. And our next one is on June 5th and we prefer that you kind of sign up ahead of time so we know how many people are coming because we offer a little bit of uh, continental breakfast with that. But Let's, let's break that down a little bit further. So what All Things WCF is about? Sure. Okay, so All Things WCF, um, it's a Sunday morning session during the first service. So for those of you who typically come to the first service, you'll want to change your schedule that day and come to All Things WCF, where you're going to hear about All Things WCF, who are the leaders, about our vision, values, and purposes, and about the connection points, about how you can stay informed with what's happening at church and um, about some of the connection ministries that are made available uh, for you um, just to help you grow in this process of maturity 
and into mission. Why don't you do uh, D2L on there? Mary? What's up? Why don't you do D2L <laughs> Okay. Uh, D2LO is the discipleship orientation. It's uh, a new class. It starts um, on May 29th in person. And I believe on Tuesdays, mm -hmm. right? May 31st is the first one. It's uh, virtual. Um, and basically, there is going to be a variety of uh, people who are going to be facilitating and hosting some discussions on uh, discipleship and um, the principles involved in discipleship and discipleship happens through relationship. That's right. Yeah, and real quick, if I can just give um, some of the testimonies that I've heard back, just real, real brief. Um, I'm going to highlight one in particular. There is homework associated with this course, just so that you know ahead of time, because, I mean, you got to know. Um, but here's the comment. This course is really hard but it's changed my life for the good in a powerful way. That's good. Right? And we want transformed lives. Um, so anyways, yeah. Connect groups. We've got all kinds of connect groups and more coming. It's all about connection. So connect groups is the new term for mentor groups. So you've heard of mentor groups before. But to align with our vision, values, and purposes, we're changing the terminology that reflect more the concept of relationship. Mm -hmm. Connect groups, mentor groups, okay? Just so you're, there's no confusion. We have, for example, uh, a group that maybe many of you don't know, Circle of Care. And Circle of Care is actually a Alzheimer's support group. So if you have a loved one or yeah, a spouse or, or even, even a family member or a loved one who's suffering with Alzheimer's and you want support of how to love that person and how to live with that change of life as it affects yourself, there's a group for that. We have young adults groups, we have men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, and more groups to come. There's lots of ways to get engaged with other people. And you kind of like do life together after a while. Like my wife and I had a mentor group. Well, it's now a connect group, but it was a mentor group then. For like 15 years at our house, we had people come in. And even though our role has changed and we don't actively run that particular group because we work with a different, um, a different group of people at this point, we still do life with those people. Yeah. That, that group has been connected to us and we still do life together uh, years later. So I think it's really important. The other thing that we, we do is there's community groups that we have. And, and you know, as you go through different seasons in life and uh, different, different phases of life and common interests kind of attract people, some of those, you know, we have a grief share group. So if you've, if you've lost a loved one and you're, you're going through that grieving process, grief share is kind of designed um, there's people that are walking through that season of life at the same time that you are, and it's about a 12-week curriculum, and they have some conversations. They do a great job helping you to process grief because I've seen people that get stuck in grief. I remember years ago, our, our neighbors lost their daughter tragically in a car accident. Um, the, the boyfriend got drunk and wrapped his car around a tree, and the daughter died. But they stopped living that day. 
And years later, they were totally frozen from that moment, from that trauma. And they never got out of the grief, at least not to my, to, to my knowledge, you know. And, and that's sad. We don't want to ever get stuck there. We want to be able to heal. And, and, and I know you don't wave a magic wand and heal, but there's a road we walk down with Christ and we bring healing. But we also have things like uh, pickleball. Um, there's, there's groups of people that get together and play pickleball together. And in the church, we want to have some elements of, you know, prayer and fellowship and worship and biblical teaching. And uh, through that, you know, it's a great opportunity to reach out into the world and draw people in. Do you want to go to the next one? Um, uh, we have a couple new groups that are going to be uh, starting up. One is uh, Connexercise, and that's for women. It's just going to be a light exercise uh, program, basically, that we're going to have uh, for women. And another one is going to be Made with Love, and it's uh, food prep. So come on out and basically cook. A bunch of us ladies get together, and we all uh, share recipes and learn about recipes, the history of food, a whole bunch of different things that we um, have talked about and are looking uh, excited about sharing with a whole bunch of uh, ladies that are able to come out, and we can make some food together. I just like eating. If you need taste testers, yeah. Pastor Arjun and I will volunteer. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they made all those cupcakes. They worked really hard last week for Mother's Day. I didn't even, I didn't even get to sample one. I, I wanted to make sure they were safe for all the mothers, though. <laughs> You're going to take one for the team? So I'm not going to lie to you, Pastor RJ. I did sneak into the kitchen, kitchen? for quality control, and I did taste one. Sorry, Colleen. <laughs> so so Colleen another, area, another way of connecting <laughs> is by volunteering, yeah. right? Yeah. You volunteer. It's a critical part of, and it has multiple functions. When you volunteer, you connect in your group, your volunteer group in community there. And the blessing is, is in that connection, you have an opportunity of serving others. Right? Pastor Larry, all the leaders in these groups, are they paid? None of them. They volunteer. That's right. All of these people who were in these different groups that we're talking about are people who are stepping up and saying, I want to volunteer. Yeah. It does, it's not people who are paid to do this. It's people who are saying, I want to volunteer. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about this today because... In the D2LO Discipleship Orientation course, which is going to be happening the next service upstairs by the fellowship hall, today's session is about connecting to his master plan. And there is going to be a presentation in the end of that class about volunteering. And this is going to be one of the requirements of the course is that you connect, if you aren't already, to find your community to connect with them and volunteer together. Find your people. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's, I think it's essential that we find a connection point within the local body of believers. Yeah. We're the ecclesia, we're the church, we're the called out ones. Uh, you can't really have Jesus without his body, so we need each other. Uh, the process of sanctification happens in community. 
because it happens in relationship, <clears throat> it happens in conflict, it happens in coaching, it happens in mentoring, it happens in just spending time to, with one another. I mean, how many of you have learned something from someone else? Oh, yeah. You know, the interesting thing is even Jesus identified the need for community in relationship here on earth. Yeah. He, he's God. He could have, I mean, just him and the Father, they could have done it, but they did it in community to show us the example. He did, and he took 12 guys that were like, for the better part of <laughs> unknown, uneducated, you know, yeah. and he entrusted the entire message of hope to them. Yeah. But even he lost one, but still, he had 11 that brought the church to where it is today. So God has a master plan for your life. Part of your master plan is being engaged in the local community of believers. There's a place for you. There's, there's really a job description with your name on it within the local body of, in the local church. And I think it's important that all of us seek God and, and find our way into those communities so that we can be doing life together. Uh, we're gonna stop talking, I think, now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. About the message portion. But we're gonna go into communion, but as we transition into communion, um, there's a, one of the things we did when we put the eldership on one is we wanted to allow time for the spiritual gifts to operate within the service. So there's a prophetic word that we're gonna have today. Um, I, I relate to this because in January I heard this ankle and a couple of weeks ago I heard this one. Some of you saw me kind of doing this. Um, I think Kimberly was trying to do some gardening and uh, she hurt her ankle, so I'm going to walk over here rather than ever come up. But if you could all stand with me. So this morning um, during worship, uh, it was just a one quick word, but then listening to our pastors um, speak today, uh, I was like, oh, wow, this totally connects. So the Lord um, so clearly just through in my heart um, that he wants us to pay attention to the sacrifice of worship, the sacrifice of praise. Um, as one of our pastors, I think it was Pastor RJ, asked about, or Pastor Larry, you know, is anybody not going through something right now? And no one um, put their hand up. Um, what I also saw was as I just sat with the Lord about that, um, there's been a lot of talk about portals <laughs> opening up and that as we come to the Lord in a sacrifice of praise um, while you're hurting, while your body's hurting, maybe even especially while your body's hurting, while your heart is just in shambles, your emotions are all over the place, your mind can't rest. But just that focus of the sacrifice of praise, that I saw these portals over your heart opening up so that you ca we can receive the love of God. 
Earlier this week, Pastor Larry passed on a, a scripture, Ephesians 3. I'm going to read 16 to 19. So that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened. It's a big word. With power through his spirit in your inner being. Yeah. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that it is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. That you be filled with all the fullness of God Sanctification starts there. Our roots and our grounding in the truth of his love for us. Sanc sacrifice of worship, loves on God, gets our eyes off of ourselves and causes our hearts to be grateful instead of complaining and full of fear. And only then can we extend his love and message to others regardless of what's happening in our lives. And just trusting God with what's happening in our lives and our hearts. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Mm -hmm. Let's come to the table together. Father, I thank you for your body. Thank you for your people. We're all here together and we're all in this together. Lord, you have a master plan for your body, for your church. It's a good plan. It's a plan of unity, oneness. It's a plan where the power of God is released, mm -hmm. where there's healing, there's freedom, there's deliverance, release from oppression and bondage. Lord, we, your people, we stand together. We stand united under the cross. Today, Lord. I thank you that every member of this community will find their place. Yeah. That every person will continue in their connection with you. And that through that connection, healing and life and peace and love will flow. And that they can overcome the shame and the pain of their past and rise up to become the sons and daughters you have called us to be, operating in the fullness, Lord, of our gift, so that much finer fruit will be produced in our lives, the best, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, as we receive the cup today, I thank you, Lord God, that we remember your sacrifice. We remember, and it is very real in our lives, how much you first loved us. And as that scripture was read earlier, that we would come to comprehend, mm -hmm. to know, to, to understand 
have revelation with our spirit, Lord God, our heart, how much you love us. The width, the breadth, the height, the depth of love that you have for us, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that as we all receive that love, Lord God, to receive the fullness of that, Lord God, it's, it's impossible. It's too much to contain within us. But Lord, let that love just be a continual overflow. An overflow for a love and a, and a, a sensing and an urgency to go out, to share the message of hope, the good news, the gospel with others. <clears throat> of how much you first loved us. A lost, broken, and dying world. Lord, you came for us because you loved us. Lord, I thank you that you would give all of us the grace to be obedient, to do what you've asked us to do. And Lord God, it's important that we recognize, that we understand, Father, help us. Your word says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Lord God, your own son did not escape pruning here on earth. You were the beautiful vine dresser for your son when he was here on earth, teaching him, shaping him. He was learning obedience through the things that he suffered. Father, I thank you that your people as we abide in you and you're abiding in us, Lord, and you are the perfect vine dresser, so lovingly and tenderly caring for your people, that you're molding and you're shaping our lives. And that, Lord, even though we might walk through, not might, that we will, we will walk through, through, Lord God, temptation and trial and suffering, Lord God, and testing here on this earth. Lord God, I thank you that you are the one who is molding us and shaping us and that through that we're learning to trust you and that we obey you Amen. because we trust you. That's right. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in each of our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, that we can come to you and surrender it all. Surrender it all and lay it at your feet and that we would willingly say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Your kingdom come in Jesus' name. I have given into their hands long ago, so let the enemy... I've given the enemy into your hand long ago. So let the spirit of praise arise. That brings him on the scene, and it, it brings God bigger and your problem under our feet where he put them. So, Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Go and be the church.
but there's blood on my hands and my lips are unclean in my darkness I remember mama's words will you occur to me surrender to the good Lord and to wipe your slate clean 